What's up, Art Prof family? How are you all doing today? Today we're going to be doing an, uh, a hangout for artists. And if you would like to learn how to turn your artistic weakness into your strength, definitely check out artprof.org, where we have lots of free resources, tutorials, critiques, art dares, pro development, and all that cool stuff. So, uh, Claire, you want to get started for today? <laughs> uh, yeah, my computer is not cooperating, so I'm sorry. This is not going to be us painting. You're just stuck with our faces. So sorry about that, everybody. But we are still here. It's just my computer hates me. <laughs> this is payback for me coming back to Portugal. So sorry. <laughs> well, we, we almost got it to work. So we're not promising, but it might be able to kick in. But <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm not confident. And actually, I, I forgot to tell Jordan, you and Alexis, but you're going to have to do comments because I can't do comments from my phone. Oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, first comment, it looks like Seven Angelic doesn't mind. It says, hey, so nice to see your faces again, even if it's all face on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you don't think we're idiots, Seven Angelic. That's great. <laughs> so. <clears throat> it does feel weird to be back live after being gone for so long. I mean... Mm. It's one of those things like you don't realize how badly you need a vacation until you're on vacation. Have you ever had that, Alex? Oh, totally. Yeah, we just went to the mountains for like a couple days yesterday, and it's just feels so good. You just can feel your body like relaxing and letting go of tension. Well, well speaking of uh, vacation, uh, I don't think any of us know details about your trip. I don't know if you're playing an extra stream for that, Claire, but I'm curious to know how it's out there. Yeah, same. Oh, I mean, I'm so... There's like 2,000 photos on my phone alone. <laughs> That's not even counting the videos I shot on the DSLR. We also have a million reels to cut, but my lowdown on Lisbon is, oh boy, do they like egg yolk. <laughs> <laughs> everything has egg yolks in it i like there's other awesome. ingredients but they love their egg yolks <laughs> it's so oddly specific <laughs> hey we got a a really nice super chat from amaris joseph who says happy birthday to me and my twin um also cool guys <laughs> but that's nice i like that idea of like you give a gift on your birthday instead of receiving a gift so thank you I love it. Happy birthday. W315Bird says, hello, Clara. So good to see you. Thank you, W315. It's funny because when you're on vacation, you're like, oh, I never want this to end. But then you come back home, you're like, I like home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jordan, when's the last time you took a vacation? Um, depends what you define as vacation. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I mean, if I'm not working, sometimes that just happens weekly. Um, but if you're talking about going on a, a trip somewhere that, and having no work, um, I don't really remember. I, I went to a wedding in New York last summer. If that, if you want to include that, maybe. Oh yeah. But, mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's not really the thing that I do very much. Well, I think a vacation is, 
when you cannot do work. It's it's not possible. That that's what mm-hmm. a vacation is. I like that. Well, okay. So so Lisbon is all about egg yolks and it's also all about tiles. Like they own the whole tile genre in Lisbon. Like everything has tiles on it. Like you'll go to some random building that doesn't look like anything special and it's got tiles all over it. It's incredible. It's so exciting. I, I want to go to a place like Portugal or Spain or something like that. Or just anywhere, anywhere outside of the country would be kind of cool. <laughs> I've, never, I've never had an opportunity to go. So Alex, what's going on in those comments? Let's hear from more people. Oh, yeah. I'm so eager to hear from everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got Lisa H who says, I miss my shower when I'm on vacation. Um, that was, <laughs> I understand that. It's sometimes nice though to like, say like a nice Airbnb. It's like, ooh, this shower's better than mine. <laughs> or, ooh, I don't have to do laundry or cook meals or clean anything for 10 days <laughs> i think that's uh i i view vacation as like a place where you you eat out more than you cook <laughs> yeah that does work lollipop asked a question it says can you guys draw beach landscapes Ooh, i would if i wasn't in the middle of the desert <laughs> <laughs> and alex you're not really close to a beach either I guess no, but it, there's something hard about like beaches of that infinite horizon where it's hard to show that space. You know what I mean? And correct me wrong, but strawberry, I think that's kind of the part of the question you're asking, where it's almost easy to draw a mountainous or a hilly landscape because you have, hey, this is the foreground, this is the middle ground, this is the background. How easy was that? But with a beach, it's just like, yes, and here's this vast expanse. <laughs> And you can't, it's hard to put anything in perspective. Hey, Jordan, have you ever tried to paint, well, digitally paint outdoors? Because I tried it once and you can't see the iPad at all. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, you have to like be indoors or in a very shaded area because if you're out in the sun and you're trying to work with color, everything just starts getting muddy and I, I don't trust it personally. So if I'm working outside, it's pretty much just line work where I don't have to depend on lighting. Uh, I just find it much easier that way. Well, because I was very curious about trying to do digital stuff mm-hmm. outdoors. I, it was just impossible. Like I could not see what I was drawing. Yeah. I know some people will work in like cafes and stuff. Um, that's about as much as I've seen. But like purely working outdoors, you have to have a very special lighting situation for that. And uh, mm. you have to also hope that your battery will last because when you turn up the brightness in order to see your colors more, the battery got, dies faster. So, um, yeah, yeah. Jordan, what's going on in the comments? Uh, well, we actually have a question for Alex. It says, <laughs> I was just going to click on that. Blount. <laughs> Blount. Alex, have you ever been told you look like ven- veterinarian on Schitt's Creek? Oh, uh, no, but I, I just started watching Schitt's Creek, and thank you for that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Alex. Okay, this may be a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not a big deal. There's one where... <laughs> 
Ted, the veterinarian, he ends up on a webcam and he didn't know he was on a webcam that was broadcasting. And he's like, you know, taking his shirt off and showing off his muscles. Oh my God, I love Ted. <laughs> yeah, I, I have this thing where I have to be like five years behind every show that comes out. It's just how I work. Let's <laughs> say so we got another comment. Uh, it says, my twin sister says, hi. To you, Clara, and uh, you're welcome. We'll be using birthday money to similar super chats this month and the next. Uh, we're both fans of Art Prof. And thank Jordan you, Amaris. So thank you for including me in there. Dude, my birthday's coming up. I'm gonna be 46. Oh. Really? Birthday. Yeah. My birthday's June 4th. I didn't know that. That's right. I also forget my own birthday, so sorry if I didn't know that. <laughs> your birthday, Alex. I can't remember. <laughs> right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Are you doing anything fun for your birthday, Claire? I will refuse to cook that day. Yes. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny when I came back. My older kid who like really cares about having good food was like, yeah, I'm glad you're back. Like, I don't think oh. the meals were as good. <laughs> I was gone. Uh, I just want to say thank you to Amanda for a super hey. chat. Welcome back, uh, Prof Lou. How many pineapples did you bring back? Those twins were cute. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> thank you so much, Amanda. Yeah, I got a slushie from them because they noticed that I was painting them and they brought Aww. over free slushies. And actually, I was with Karen, who um, has been with us for a really long time. We met up in Portugal and it was so much fun to paint with somebody like Jordan. You must have had that in art school, You're just in a room with other people drawing. It's like really fun. I love that. That's that's kind of why I like these, you know, the studio hangouts when the technology is working, especially. And <laughs> and what we would do is there'd be like ten of us in a room, and we would just play music really loud and work till you know our our eyes got heavy, and it was great. We had so much fun. I miss that a lot. I mean, I do love being by myself. I think that's partially because I'm surrounded by kids all day who are constantly asking me for stuff. And I did do a painting, a long painting, three hours at the Botanical Garden in Lisbon that I'm excited to edit and show everybody. But yeah, like Alex, that companionship is so nice. Yeah, we like, I just moved back to Colorado and already started with talking with some like other creative friends of like having like craft nights of just hanging out and just working on something together because we all miss that feeling that it's just so much easier to find in a school environment. Solitude. We got one from uh, Anna. She says, I'm at Birdcliff Residency in Woodst uh, Woodstock, New York, and the woods are so beautiful. Every day I go on a walk and draws where I take my sketchbook on my trail bikes. And that's, yeah, that's it's good to draw with people, but sometimes it's nice to just do that by yourself. Do you guys have that thing where it's you find it easier to think of ideas when you're solitude or with people? I am like Kat, who says that she gets her ideas in the shower. <laughs> like I have to be doing something mindless, and all of a sudden I think of something. If I'm with other people, I can't. Yeah, I'm probably the same way, where my best ideas come when I'm not thinking about it. 
um, I feel like when I'm w with other people, it's hard for me to take certain ideas more as seriously. Like we can make mm -hmm. a joke thing, but in the art and we talk about, oh, you can make a piece like this, but it's only good for that two minute segment where we're talking about it. And I actually don't want to do it in real life. So <laughs> yeah. also want to yeah. say, I, it's, ooh, oh. I was going to say quick thank you to RV Dick for the super chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Lippy. Yeah, it's like when I'm alone, it's good to think of initial ideas, but I kind of need that period with other people to brainstorm those ideas, to kind of flush them out. Because um, I think when I'm either like, I'll run with bad ideas or I'll like be too disparaging, be like, nah, that's not a good idea. I don't want to do it. So sometimes it's nice to have someone say, no, it's a good idea. You just need to tweak it. Rev Blount is asking, Prof, was it an art trip? It absolutely was. Kat <laughs> thought I was crazy. She's like, why are you cutting a reel? We're supposed to be relaxing. I'm like, I can't help it. It's just, uh, it's my favorite thing in the whole world. This Travel, <laughs> art, and food. That That's just a winning combination. And I think I've told some of you this, that my pipe dream is to have a Netflix show, which is me going around with other artists around the world and painting and drawing what we see. I mean, that I just think would be so brilliant. Because Jordan, we gotta mm. get you out of the country at some point. Yeah, everyone I talk to says something like that. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready with you guys. <laughs> I got my passport right here, literally in arm's distance from me. Uh, so, yeah. Just waiting. By the way, Jordan and Alex, because I can't check my text messages, <laughs> I'll have to just reply here. The stream goes until 1245 Eastern. Okay. Sorry, everybody. This is like the most clunky stream <laughs> we've done in like a really long time just because my computer's not cooperating. But um, I mean, one of my favorite things is the people you meet like amanda brought mm -hmm. up the pineapple cart that was run by identical twins they were so funny and cute and we met up with a lot of artcraft people like i met christina and her sister claudia we met them in kashkais i met karen obviously we met gabby who has been following us since 2017 and mm -hmm. We also met up with Mariana in Lisbon, and that makes the trip so fun when you can meet local people. Have you had that experience, Alex? Um, I, it's been a while, but I think that's my favorite way to take a vacation. I don't like being in a place for like a day and being yeah. like, you know, I like, I would, if say, let's put it this way. If I had six months, I would rather spend all that time in one place and just really get to know it and do that. Mm. Get to meet and genuinely know some local people and find out what it's really like to live there mm -hmm. rather than just in and out. I don't know. Jordan, are you a resort person? <laughs> are you a cruise vacationer? Because I know these people who are like obsessed with these like tour packages. <laughs> uh, I've never been on a cruise. <laughs> um, so maybe I'm that type of person. But right now, it's just like the thing is, like, I don't know some of this stuff because I just genuinely haven't had the experience i would like to try it though um but it's funny because i 
it's funny because I happen to live in very touristy places. Like I've lived in New York, I've lived in LA, and mm. <laughs> but like I don't really think about it as being a tourist. That's a funny point. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, like, yeah, it just is what it is. Um, so, yeah. By the way, we have a question from Crispy Paintbrush. That's a great username, by the way. Um, I'm starting the character design track and trying to figure out what character I'm going to use for the first lesson, thinking about using Bill Cipher, wondering if it's a bad idea. Well, Jordan, can you explain what that first lesson is in the character design track? Uh, I'm not the shape design, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so basically the goal is to uh, draw a character and use the three primary shapes. You have circles, squares, and triangles. They each have a different psychological impact on the viewer, and it's uh, it's really important when designing characters. And the goal is to find out how you can make them just a little bit different to create a different read. So um, you can use whatever character you want. I have to look up what Bill Cipher is, but I genuinely have no idea. Um, let me see. Oh, okay. He's the I recognize him. He he looks like a triangle with an eyeball, um, like the all-seeing like all eye, basically. Um, I think he's from Gravity Falls. Uh, you could try it if you want. I mean, it's why not? Why not? Just go for it and see what he looks like as a circle with a circle with an eyeball and square with an eyeball and figure things out. Um, I don't know. Anyone has any other tips or comments about that? Really, I don't think it's a problem to try it and if it doesn't work at all you can do another one because alex i oftentimes find i'm like oh that's gonna be cool and it's a total car crash and i have to do something else does that happen to you ever alex yeah you just have to kind of be like flexible and adaptable i think with as it's going i i like that thought of challenge for that character because this character is a triangle and that kind of tough challenge where it might not work out, but it's a good thing to learn from, where how can the character's identity still remain the same with, um, with um, I'm sorry, I'm distracted. How can the characters can remain the same when it's still a circle? Mm -hmm. And we got a, a super chat from Anna. Thank you so much. How come we don't get to see what you're working on this time? I miss it. Honestly, it's just a technical issue this time. Um, so thank you for the super chat and support. But yeah, it's just, um, we are just being adapting. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so sorry about that. We wanted to show you all our cool stuff, but we just, the internet said no today, so. <laughs> the real reason, my computer hates me. That That's what it comes down to. So yeah, I'm sorry everybody that you don't get to see the painting, but my computer, shut down i'm not kidding six times this morning when i was trying to work it and i think it's on its last leg which makes me really sad so we'll see in the future we'll we'll try to correct it yeah the comment here um from moose hi everyone it's mel glad to make the stream today and oh man, where the comments go uh, oh and then also paint me blue by nicola mantle hello from france wonderful props i'm so happy to catch the live stream i'm glad both of you can make it and everyone else here who's joining us yeah we got a great question from joe but one more like a statement i really want to create pieces with a better narrative would you guys have tips would you guys have any insight on pieces that are finished enough and identifying finished products versus unfinished so i think joe's asking doing the two for one of like two questions in there the first one is pieces with narrative 
And I think that's a that's a good one to tackle first, and then we'll go with that finish and unfinish. But yeah, like Jordan and Clara, do you guys have good ideas for like how to incorporate narrative into a piece more? I think it's good to start with narratives that have already been written because I think <clears throat> writing your own narrative is fantastic. I think it's great. But oftentimes, if you're writing your own story, you'll find that you spend so much time tweaking the story that you can't really focus on making the artwork. So if, let's say you just take a fairy tale, like Little Red Riding Hood, that story's already made for you. So it's a lot easier to run with it. And do a lot of quick ones. Don't try to slave over one illustration for three months. Make little illustrations that don't take that long so you can maybe do five narratives instead of one. Mm -hmm. one. One thing I would also say is um, study the greats. There have been plenty of artists over the last few hundred or few thousand years who have done that, that exact thing. They've all painted the same story. And so I think it'd be really good to focus on and learn from them. Um, like how many people have done the story of Cain and Abel, right? Or the story of, I don't know, Rapunzel or whatever. So there's so many options that you could just learn and take from them and then add your own spin on it that makes it uniquely yours. Yeah, I think this might be too simple to put it, but I think that the strongest drive of narrative is character. Um, and it doesn't have to be a living being character. I mean, there are some landscape paintings that have a sense of narrative of like a storm rolling in. And there, the nature is part of that landscape. And everybody, but I just want to address on my end, an elephant in the room, I'm looking sideways because all the lights and cameras are set up for a different type of stream. So it's either this or like y'all get like a vertigo experience of cameras moving around. So <laughs> sorry, guys. Alex, what was the second question in that comment? The second one was the big one of how do you tell if something is finished versus unfinished? It's really hard. I don't think anybody really knows for sure. My answer is when I just can't stand looking at it anymore. And I'm like, okay, it's done. I don't want to do this. Jordan, how do you know? Uh, I think it depends on who it's for. If it's for a certain client, when the deadline is up, you know, yeah. like that's, it's done. Um, if it's for yourself, like Clara said, it's like when you're tired of it or when you accomplish your goal. Um, if you're trying to, let's say, illustrate a children's book and you're, it's supposed to be in color, but only half of it is even penciled in, you're clearly not done. So um, I think at a certain point, you know, that just comes to your own discretion and um, yeah, and trying to get tired of it and overwork it. That's that's one thing to avoid too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that key thing. And I, the biggest difference in reality between being an artist and someone just observing artists is you have that idea of like, oh, an artist is very aware, like puts one last dot. It's like, there, that was the final touch. And it's not like that at all. With every, I'd say every single painting I have, I don't know when I make the last mark. It just kind of happens. And I'm like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> uh, I want to show this comment. Uh, Shilpi Jarwiwala, hope I said that right. There's a cartoon show called Phineas and Ferb where a lot of the characters are just shapes like triangles. Um, yeah, that's very true. The, many shows are, especially animated shows, are 
built off of basic shapes like Mickey Mouse is basically circles. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Sonic the Hedgehog is like triangles and circles. Um, and so all these characters are based off of very simple things. And when you start to deconstruct that, it makes a lot of sense. Um, fun fact, I also got a chance to see some of the making of Phineas and Ferb back when I was in high school. It was, it was actually really cool. Um, out of fun. That's cool. And uh, Seven Angelic says, you need to bribe your computer with more RAM, Clara. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think actually what I really need is a desktop because my laptop is not sufficient. We're just running so many programs on streams and stage sessions. I, I just need something more powerful. Mm. RF is asking is a question. question. Yeah, can you please explain image distortion of photos and interpreting photos correctly as a substitute for life drawing? You anything on that, Clara? It's really hard. I think what I would recommend is to always know that a photo is only showing you a percentage of what's actually there. And that actually makes your life a lot harder. I know a lot of times the assumption is, oh, drawing from a photo is easier. It's not actually because Alex, I've painted portraits before where in life I can see all the nuances in the shadow. But in a photo, the shadow's like black. You know, there's like nothing else. And I, I just find sometimes people don't realize that painting from life is easier sometimes. Have you seen that, Alex? Oh, I absolutely have. Um, yeah, because there's so much that you don't have to do, as RF is saying, of distortion of photos, interpreting photos. Um, but I think when you're using photos, I think the key is to use more than you need or, or more than you think you need. Don't just, if you're painting a train, don't just find one, the first image of a train, be like, that'll work. Really mix and match, kind of collage in your head, collage in your sketchbook and really start to make those unique. Yeah, I, I think one of the important principles is just thinking about how to design your own image. I mean, it's like Alex was saying, it's very easy to just take things at face value, but it takes a whole other skill to be able to combine five or six photos together and then add your spin on it to make it really unique. Because when you do that, then it it really separates your artwork from your reference. And at that point, it's not any type of plagiarism, it's just inspiration. I would also say if any of you here want to get better at drawing the figure or portraits and tell us in the chat if that is one of your goals you, you gotta draw from life <laughs> people say oh well the model moves oh it, you don't have to make a super polished 18 hour drawing of somebody from life some of my favorite life drawings i've done are these crappy quick sketches that i do in 10 minutes so i would just say draw from life that that's the skill that most people don't have now yeah. We got a question from Louise. Um, hi, our profs. Do you have tips on choosing where to begin, acrylic or oil? That is on you. I would appropriate. Alex, how about you recommend? Because you did oil yeah. painting in art school, right? Yeah, I did. I think it's, I mean, they're so different. They seem similar on the surface, but they are so different, um, mostly in drawing time. Like, acrylic dries like that and oil i mean there are some times where in doing oil i had to wait days for a layer to dry so that i could work on the next one um i think that i would say objectively it is easier to start acrylic 
because it's typically more affordable, it's less harmful, less toxic. You don't need as much of a setup to try it out. Whereas acrylic, you need, or sorry, with oil, you need so much. You need a ventilated area so the fumes don't get you. You need all different types of mixings and turpentine and all that. But that would be my thought on it. I think the issue with oil, when you're just getting started, it's just so many supplies. And that's overwhelming. Whereas with acrylic, you don't need all that extra stuff. That said, there are things that I wish I had used, like matte medium. Alex, you introduced me to that. And also yeah. slow dry medium. There's so many things I, I had no idea to use, which made me not like acrylic at first. And I would just say start with acrylic because oil is just so much stuff. The other option too, I know a lot of people are using water mixable oils. The one thing I will say about those is people say, oh, how do those compare with traditional oils with the expectation that they're supposed to be another version of oils, but they're not. They're really like a different paint. They don't really mm -hmm. feel like oils to me. We do have a lot of streams on water mixable oils. So that's an option, but I think acrylic is better to start with. Okay. Um, yeah, good question here. Oh, we clicked on the same one. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, it's that. Okay. Yeah. It's by No Life Cold. Uh, so thank you for the great question. It says, can you do a video on LGBT art? Does anybody want to take that one? Well, I think what's tricky is that that's a huge, like it, it's like saying, can you do a stream about Asian artists? It's, it's like, it's just so gigantic. And so we probably would need to focus that subject a little bit more. And typically what we really try to do is when we do our streams about like overrated artists and underrated artists, we work really hard to have visibility and be as representative as we can about a broad range of artists. So if anybody has a theme about LGBTQIA artists that really hits a particular topic, it's helpful because sometimes when the topic's so gigantic, it's really hard for the stream to make any sense. So give give me your suggestions if you've got them, but we really try to make the topics more streamlined so we're not so scatterbrained in the stream. Well, there, I feel like that question brings up a second one as well because Anna Wilder also said, oh, that would be such a good stream idea. So I feel like I'm gonna piggyback on that and say like for the viewers, like if you're a viewer now and you have ideas for streams you'd like to see, where's the best spot to comment on that? Like, where's a good spot? Because the Discord's a great community, but yeah, where's the best spot to submit those ideas for streams that viewers might have? Well, if you go into the Discord, we do have a channel called Art Prof Suggestions, and that's anything. You can suggest a stream, maybe there's something on the website that you think we could improve. Go in there and make the suggestions, and I'll take a look at it, because that that's actually, for me, like a record. And I'll actually go back to that channel when I'm looking for ideas to refer to what people want. Yeah, so I mean, we're happy to do a stream on that topic. I just need it to be a little bit less gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. Um, Lisa H says, I'm trying tonal studies so hard. Any tips? Um, for, well, first thing I would say, work from life or at least from reference. Like you, you have to like really be able to figure out um, how to differentiate between uh, things that are very dark in value and very light in value. 
um, understanding the simple ball with the shadow cast, like understanding what the difference between like a, a Terminator Edge or ambient occlusion or bounce light or reflective light, those differences are going to be really, really major for you to understand. And so if you don't have that memorized, then have a, at least a picture of that so you can identify as you're working. I think, Lisa, what I would recommend, you need to get references that have really good lighting, where the lighting is super pronounced. You've got big, dramatic shadows. Because if I had a photo that didn't have good lighting, I would really struggle with doing tonal stuff. Alex, why do you think lighting is so important in art? Because I know often people just don't think of it. I think it's, I mean, Jordan was bringing it up perfectly of draw from life and recognize those differences between how dramatic lighting can be. The thing I go to with tonal studies is always go back to like a zero to 10 scale between your lightest light and your darkest dark. But we say trying that same scale, but in a well-lit room in like midday, like me right now, <laughs> or like a dark room lit by candlelight. And you'll find, you'll still have that range of one to 10, but it's going to be massively different. Like if you use this bright light of sunlight on my glasses in a dark candlelit room, that would be like nuclear blast level. Yeah, lighting is one of those topics. It's not that complicated, but a lot of people don't take the time to really study it. And we do have a section on our website that is all about lighting. Just go to the search bar in the upper left, type in lighting, and you'll find all those streams. We got a question from Shilpi. Uh, it says, hey, our prof, I have a question. How do you go into a piece with fearlessness? Because for me, it's like dr dropping my toes into cold water. How do I start without worrying about how it will turn out? I think I would recommend, number one, don't have expectations. Because a lot of people will say to me, it doesn't look like what I wanted. Or I had an image in my head, and I couldn't make that get rid of that image. <laughs> that image is not helping you at all. And I think you need to turn your brain off. I mean, I'll listen to a podcast. I'll have some trashy 80s music on so I'm not thinking too hard. Because Jordan, I find sometimes we are our own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. I was actually talking to one of my former professors last on Friday, actually. And I was telling him about like, yeah, my I feel like my drawings have been very stiff lately. And so now I have to sort of retrain my mind into just being more free and loose with my drawings. Um, and I would do the same thing, like kind of take your mind off of it. And then I also noticed this type of question comes from people who usually don't draw enough because every drawing becomes super precious. You know, it's like, I can't mess this up, it has to be perfect. But when you have stacks and stacks and stacks of drawings or paintings, it's just like, oh, it's another one. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, LeBron James shooting a basket and missing. It's like, oh, it's just another shot. It is what it is. You know, he's done that thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of times. So, yeah, do more work. <laughs> well, and also look at it this way. Let's say you try it and it looks like crap. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to have a pity party maybe for 10 minutes, but then you got to move on. It's like, it's not worth your time to worry about that. Your time is much better spent focusing on the drawing process, pumping out a lot of work. That's gonna help you more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll, oh, 
last thing about it, I also want to get out of it. I also think a lot of it has to do with um, the mindset of instant gratification too. Art is a slow build. It is very difficult to go from zero to a hundred in like six months. Um, I'm not even sure if that's even possible. So, you know, especially when you're looking at YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and you're seeing these 10 second videos of people producing the most amazing things. I think sometimes internally we start thinking that's how it's always supposed to be. When in reality, every one of those artists struggles, whether they show it on camera or not. Got a quick comment just on what you all were saying. I had to let go of my perfectionistic mindset when I started the 2500 challenge. Um, that's Moistifilisbe. I am sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so if y'all haven't heard of that, it's Jordan, if you want to elaborate more on it, that could be yeah. a great way to break that fear of yeah. how good your sketches look. Yeah, so the 2500 challenge is a drawing challenge uh, that was created by one of my professors that I brought to ArtProf. Um, and basically you draw 1,000 heads, 500 arms, 500 legs, 250 hands, 250 feet in the course of a year. Um, the sketches are, you know, meant to, you, you're meant to use reference, uh, two to three inches big, and you're supposed to take like 10 minutes per drawing. And the exact reason for it is so that you can let go. Uh, I noticed when in art school, uh, we're often given assignments where we're like, draw, you know, this arm for like seven hours. and you know, I mean, that's when you can come out with a great drawing that way, but oftentimes it's more difficult to learn um, and memorize the anatomy because you're focused on one drawing. So if you're doing a bunch of them, you're less precious, um, you're, you get a lot faster, and you kind of have to let go. And if you end up with a bad drawing, you know you got 499 to go. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad you have that mindset. I think it's important to up your productivity. So if you're used to doing three drawings in a month, try to do five. Because actually people say, oh, I have to do five. That's so much harder and the work isn't going to be as good. It actually might be the opposite. We're doing more makes you obsess a little less about the results. Hmm. We just got a comment. It, it's slightly off topic. Uh, Benjamin is referring to the conversation we were having with acrylic versus oil. And how the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds, myself included with oil, is the toxicity of some of the ingredients. I think Benjamin's saying, but nobody should do things they're not comfortable with. And if you have kids or nosy pets, you might want to avoid certain things, laugh out loud. And I think that that's a good way to look at it is judge your situation with like, yeah, I mean, kids and pets is a great example of like with my dog, I would not want a little bucket of oil paint goop just sitting there. <laughs> um, so I think that's a good way to judge whether or not you want to start out oils. Well, I can tell you when I was pregnant with my kids, I just stopped oil painting altogether. I mean, maybe some mm. people are able to do it, but I, I was just so paranoid about some of the health stuff that I stopped oil painting. And you know what? I never went back <laughs> because when I was pregnant, I needed to find something else to do that I didn't have to worry about the hazards. And so I ended up doing all these crayon drawings and I loved it so much mm. that I just stopped oil painting. So you, it, it could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it of, okay, I am limited by these things, but not view it as a limitation, rather as what can I do? Like if you're in a one bedroom apartment, you don't want that stinking up with oil paint goop. So what, what can you use? Yeah, 
I remember being so scared, those oil painting lectures in school, and they'd be like, yeah, this stuff is toxic, and we're going to use it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like, gee. <laughs> uh, Stephen Grant says, hello, just got here. I'm doing my animation, and I'm pulling an all-nighter. I know how that feels. Um, and your energy makes me determine more. Hello to you all from the Philippines. What's up, Stephen? Thank you for hey. watching. Motivate you. And I'm sorry about the all-nighter. I know how that feels. <laughs> 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 Well, you know what? I think we need community. We need other people to sympathize and understand what we're going through. So I'm really glad we can help provide some of that, Stephen. Let's see. Amaris is asking a question. I saw a video saying we use Loomis incorrectly and that it's a tool for creating and building your own method of drawing character and portraits. Is that true? Uh, I've never heard that before. I, I look at, personally, I look at Loomis as just a, a guide. Uh, I don't enforce using Lumis. I I use it as a tool to kind of help people get started because most people usually don't know where to start, and I find that a lot of people understand his method. So I don't know if there's a such thing as using it correctly or incorrectly. It just depends on your final result. I mean, if you can draw blindfolded and with just one line, and that's just your final, then go for it. I envy that. <laughs> so um, I, I am not at that stage, unfortunately, though. Well, for those of you who are studying anatomy or portraits, just know that it's about fit because Loomis works great for some people. It has for decades. It doesn't work great for me. I, my brain just doesn't function that way. And so you should try out multiple approaches and then step back and say, hey, which style is better for me? Because it won't always be the best fit, even if other people are saying, oh, my God, it's so great. Just have to see what works for you. Anna says, I bring my dog to my studio all the time. I was worried at first, but he's never showed interest in eating oil paint. Also, I use safflower oil as a medium, which is not toxic. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> just know, know that, know what you're dealing with. Yeah, because actually, as I think about it, my dog has never tried to get at my gouache stuff either. Um, so as a, it's probably more selfish reasons that I don't use uh, oil. I don't. I don't want to get sick. Rather than that, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that again. If you have a thing of like, yeah, yeah, this is my cat. My cat just walks around my paint and never tries to sniff any of it. Then yeah, the world's your oyster. But yeah, my brother's cat really likes to get in and knock things over. So it's like you should probably not do art. <laughs> or just have guinea pigs that are in a cage. You don't have to worry about them at all. <laughs> so that's nice and easy. I don't think my puppy can reach this antique yet. So, <laughs> is he behaving better, Jordan? I know you said he was a little anxious. Yeah. So, oh man. So when my so he's technically my roommate's dog, and whenever he would leave, he would just start wailing for like forty-five minutes to an hour. And I was like, this is so sad because he's a, he's like a month old, you know. But he, we, we've been training him, and he's been so much better. So now he's just chilling. He watches Kim Possible in his in his cage when we're not around. And, uh, That's so cute. I think he just watched me on <laughs> stuff. So yeah, he's doing good. <laughs> we got a uh, comment from uh, Mel, um, and she's saying, "I personally think that while Loomis is great to get started construction, it's severely limiting since Loomis seems to only explain how to draw the standard Caucasian, Caucasian idealized male and female." And that's something where I have a um, little drawing anatomy cheat book, and one of the pages is like 
how people look. And it is exactly that. It is simply one type of person. And for me, like, I'm curious what you guys think, but I, I think the biggest way to combat that is to use Loomis as the guide, but then still draw from life. And you'll realize how the Loomis body type is one out of literally billions. <laughs> and drawing from life, you're going to see like, oh, now this person has longer torso. This person has shorter legs. Like and all the differences between people. Yeah. In my opinion, um, I use Loomis as a guide, you know, and you think about it. He can't make a book describing every exact type of face that you'll ever see. You know, that would be, <laughs> I mean, there's billions of people in the world. That book will be endless. Right. So mm -hmm. I think saying, hey, generally speaking, the length of the nose is this, the length of the ear is this. And then when you're drawing from life and other people, you could say or drawing characters, for example, you could say, hey, let's lengthen the nose. Let's make the lips more full. Let's make them thinner. Let's get a broad chin. Let's get a pointy chin. Let's add a receding hairline. You know, there's there's so many different combinations. And he's really just doing he's really just trying to help you guide, help guide you, in my opinion. Well, that's why I think drawing from life you can't help but get a broad range of people. Because oftentimes I know there's a lot of figure drawing stock photo packs that you can buy online, but a lot of them are really fake looking because there's people like posing, you know, it's like how many people walk around doing that, you know, it's just, you have to learn how to draw people doing natural actions and not doing these Caravaggio discobolus ancient greece poses and so yeah you saw this as a starting point but you got to get out there and draw real people yeah there was a great new yorker cartoon about that of like the new york ballet tries to catch a subway and it's like all of the background dancers are like oh, as they're running <laughs> towards the door and it was it was on point um <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining us in the live stream. Uh, we are going to be doing a post live stream stage channel, stage channel in the Discord. So definitely join us for that. And we also want to say thank you to our top Patreon supporters, especially our new supporters, Maureen Amadi, Michelle Hendrickson, Scott Aaron, Simon Dicker, and Anna Wider. We really appreciate you all. And then we also want to ask that you continue to support us on Patreon. We're doing a little bit better, but we still need your help. So don't forget to support us. And if you're not already there, please join us on the on our Prof Discord, especially in the post live stream live stream stage. That's a tough word to say today. <laughs> but anyway, guys, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for dealing with us on the technical issues, and we'll see you in the stage in just a minute. Take care. Bye. Everybody. See you guys soon. Bye.